everybody. Today, today we have a very, very special interview because I am here with my homegirl, Camelin, who is <laughs> in my group coaching program right now. And Camelin came to me and said, you know what? I feel like people really need to hear about the work that we're doing. And I don't want to wait until we're done. I don't want to perpetuate the belief that I have to be quote unquote finished before I am seen and heard. And so Camlin and I were just talking a little bit before we hit record about the beauty of being where you are and being in the process and being in this group as it's going. We have three weeks left and Camlin is here to just be an honest, real, authentic human being in the process. She is in the work and has so much on her heart that she wants to share. So with all the love in the world and so much gratitude, welcome, Camlin. Hello, Lisa. Hi. So good to be with you and share space. Always. I'm electric with excitement to be with you. So I'm really excited. Me too. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's It's a pleasure. It's such a pleasure. (laughs) It's always a pleasure to sit in your presence, but I'm very excited for today because the truth is I, we both, I think have really no idea what's coming. We both felt it was an important conversation to have and we'll see how it goes. So Camlin, just let us know, who are you? Where are you? Give us a few details. Absolutely. Um, My name is Camlin. I am 48 years old. I live in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I am originally from Georgia, Atlanta, hence the accent. Um, I've worked in luxury travel for about 15 years and in the ski industry for 22 plus years. And I am moving into uh, my passion, which is community herbalist. And um, I am married. I have lots of dogs and I love them all. Great. Don't think too hard. Yeah, I was like, what if that's all the pressure all the time? I was like, what am I missing? Yeah. Because we're so, I feel like it's hard to use like the human labels you know, I'm like, yeah. who are you? Like, that's such a hard question. Ooh, so, right. <laughs> so great ah. job with that. You did it. You did it. All right. So Camlin, yes. I do want to start at the beginning, so to speak. So I'm curious because I personally really don't know the details of your story and, you know, where it starts. So my first question is from zero to five, zero to 10 years old. What do you remember, if anything, about your relationship with food and eating and your body? Yeah. Um, From zero to five, it was very normal. Um, I didn't have any major um, emotional things, I think, that were popping up at that time until my parents were divorced during that time frame. And after that... um, my mother, who we lived with full time, we didn't know at the time, but I was the child of a mentally ill parent with schizophrenia. So our story starts 
from probably the five to 10 year old phase. Um, so because she was mentally ill, she was not able to take care of us and provide the basic needs. As a child, we went hungry many times and food became something that I learned to live without, but it was very painful. As I approached my teenage years, I became very thin. I learned to starve myself as a way of controlling what was going on around me. I was unhealthy. I exercised a lot and ate very little. Yeah. yeah. So there's a little okay. nugget. Yeah. So <laughs> when you, I'm curious when you say you learned how to live without food and eating and that it was really painful. That is exactly where the, where I learned that I could either feel or not feel with food. So that's where it started coming in, I think. Yeah. What do you mean was, by that? I think that when I, at first food was, um, it was normal, it was fine. And I could eat it under, uh, gosh, this is harder than you realize it is. Wow. Um, I, I need to add to, there's so much I want to say, um, putting it into the story is what's going to be so important. I was, I started, I was put on a diet at eight years old. Mm -hmm. So at that time I began to, um, show signs of being different, chubby, uh, baby fat, as they call them in the South. And I had a very, very thin, normal sized sister and I was always hiding my truth because I was ashamed of my mother. So for me, if I were hungry, I wouldn't show it. I would act and fake it. Or if I wanted food, I began to eat in secret at that young of an age because it would, of the differences between my sister and myself, they would let her, you know, have a normal Coke. And then I'm over here with the diet Coke. And so I started learning to hide and sneak. And there comes shame with that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you don't feel normal. And you start getting lost in the, uh, the emotional attachment to the food. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with me. Yeah. I am. Um, I felt shame to be hungry. So I started um, telling myself that I wasn't, that it was okay, that it was fine. And the hollow feeling inside of me was just, you know, part of it. Yeah. And being a, a Southern, a child of a Southern woman, I shouldn't necessarily say it's her, where she's from, but, you know, looks are everything and being thin are, is everything. Um, so with my mom, we grew up, you know, children of the seventies and eighties and diet pills were the, the, the way to go. That's what they did. And I thought that was normal. So as I went into my twenties, I stayed thin by taking diet pills 
Um, I added in drugs and alcohol at that point as well. Um, and then I realized that there are so many different vices that we use to feel or to not feel. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Breathe. Yeah. So what you're saying, Camlin, is before or around eight years old, you are learning directly and indirectly that thin is better and bigger is bad. Yes. And one way that you at seven, eight years old realized you could control that or at least perceive to control that was you can just eat less. And so by eight years old, you're already aware that your body is quote unquote bad Mm -hmm. and that you can do something about it by starving yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly how I felt as a young girl. Yeah. What are you feeling now? It's hard to share my story still. What's coming up for you? Yeah. I just don't, I want people to understand that it's okay to feel shame. It's okay to feel the pain. Um, It's okay to be scared to be seen Mm -hmm. and do it anyway. And that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. Really (laughs) Um, Yeah. Walking through um, Brene Brown says to Mm. get to the other side of fear, you have to go through vulnerability Mm. and um, it's very vulnerable to open up and share your story. Mm-hmm. so that's you know I'm feeling a little vulnerable right now <laughs> yeah yeah thank you for being here and thank you for uh, doing that thank it you reminds me of I think it was you're welcome and thank you I think it was um Glennon Doyle who said when she talks about courage maybe she's quoting Brene Brown right courage is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart and I think when I hear you speak about all of this, there is telling your story, but then there's telling your story with your heart. Right. Right. And those are two very different things. Yes. And it doesn't take a lot of vulnerability to tell your story from a disconnected place. Right. The reason you're feeling what you're feeling is because you're doing this with your heart you're telling the truth. Glennon Doyle also says we can do hard things. And she's very, she makes sure that we understand it's not I can do hard Mm -hmm. things. It's we can do hard things. And I just also want to let you know that you and we walking through this together has been the most healing part of my journey um, because I do feel seen and heard and that's the gift that you have that I needed in my life to help me to understand where I was at with all of this and walking through and sifting through that pain and realizing that you know I don't have a problem with food I have a problem with how I cope with my emotions 
um, quote Lisa Slashberg and <laughs> how I found you my favorite um, that one resonated with me deeply when I heard you on Nicole's podcast and uh, the second that I heard your voice I knew we were going to be doing some powerful work together I um, you had talked about speaking at John Gabriel's Omega retreats and I had found John in 2013. Mm -hmm. I also watched Hungry for Change yeah, and began to stalk him. I yeah. bought all of the books. I have <laughs> all of the meditations and, um, and I, but here's the thing, he really resonated with me. And that was the first time in my career or not, you know, life of this yo-yo dieting, starve yourself, eat whatever, um, don't think about food at all. And then you can end up where I have found myself now. Um, he spoke to the mind body connection, which for me was missing. Huge. And yeah. I had to have what you're saying is my heart had to be in it for me to really make a change. Yeah. And, and hearing all of the things that you had gone through the losing 150 pounds and, and really finding yourself and then asking the question, what happens after, mm. what happens after? And, um, I love seeing your after mm. and it's inspiring because I know that this is the work and this is going to be part of the life's work is yeah. sharing that story. This story right now that I'm terrified to share yeah. is going to encourage one other person to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Exhale. <Excellent>. Yeah. <laughs> Feel your butt in your chair. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep coming back here. You are here. You are so yes. Namaste. Keep right. Reading. I know. I love you. You, you help you. me tell this story in a real and honest way that is a lot less terrifying because we can do hard things. We totally can. We are yeah. here. We are doing a hard thing. The day after Thanksgiving, I know, right? we're not shopping or online shopping. This is where we are today <laughs> on Black Friday. This is what you and I are doing. This is what we chose to Literally. do, right? Doesn't this surprise is a me at all. Not me either. Not even a, a little oh, bit. All right. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. I yeah, of course. So, yeah. okay, let's, let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So you are let's say a, a product of the diet culture environment, 100%. especially in the South. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? So yes. you're internalizing these things. You are putting yourself now on a diet, right? And that's also, I think an important just point that is the way that we perpetuate what had been done to us. Not Correct. to any fault of our own. We think, right, it's the best thing to do. We think it's the right sure. thing to do. We think it's the good thing to do. But just that really subtle transition of my parents were putting me on a diet when I was eight years old, same. And then at a certain point it becomes, and then I put myself on a diet at whatever age, same. Yeah. Right. And so, so as you said, you're, are you aware at this point, like let's say in your twenties, are you aware of the relationship emotionally with food. Like you were mentioning, you could use a few different vices to feel or not feel. Is that something you were aware of at the time? 
No, I don't think I was aware of it at the time. I knew that I had unhealthy behavior surrounding food, um, such as overeating at times when I was stressed. And I knew I was starting to, to, to relate to it, I think, at that point in my 20s. But no, I was definitely not fully aware of it yet. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of playing out in the background, not consciously. Right. Also same. And then, and then what were you saying about, then you started adding some other things. Mm-hmm. Some other vices came into play. If well, you feel like sharing that. No, I do. It's, it's my truth. Um, yes, I added alcohol was the first thing that I added as a young girl, frankly, in my teen years. And, um, that's how I also stayed thin. I wasn't worried about food. I numbed myself with the alcohol. Um, and I was, you know, in the nineties, we did lots of things. Um, we, uh, I did a little bit of marijuana at that time, but I didn't find that was quite as soothing to my soul as I needed it to be. Um, that came back into play in my mid twenties where I have used marijuana to not feel and to make it okay and to make it all the things that I haven't dealt with or had not dealt with from my past that were still causing me problems in real time it was a way for me to pretend like that pain wasn't like I hadn't addressed it Mm -hmm. and I knew that I had to address it somehow Mm -hmm. my soul knew I don't think I was consciously aware at all but my soul knew and so that was my next vice that I chose to use and that one stuck around for a long time 20 plus years Mm -hmm. um it's a it's one I'm currently working on Mm -hmm. it's um it's hand in hand with with where I am now with my relationship to numbing myself yeah thank you for sharing that Thank you. It's so beautiful. For letting me feel safe enough to do that. I, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's telling the truth of where you are. Yep. And no shame. Yep. And no judgment. No shame. It's just no. where you are. It is. You're doing very And everybody's somewhere. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. And yeah. So. I, yeah. Something that I'm hearing a lot as you're sharing all of this is, the way that we've talked about in group and the way that I've talked about on this podcast, that is, it's Gabor Mate's quote and question that is, it's not why the addiction, it's why the pain. Exactly. And back to that question of it's not what's wrong with you. It's what happened to you. Exactly. And, right. And it's like, I just I love hope that. everyone who's hearing this can hear the way that at a very, very, very young age, before we have any idea what's going on, food and eating operates that way to keep yeah. us, you know, in that equilibrium so that we feel like it's safe to survive. And right. then after a certain point, if that's not going to do it, we can also use drugs and alcohol to serve the same purpose. Absolutely. And you're just illustrating, I think, really beautifully how it's, it's just what we use because we need it to cope. And there doesn't need to be judgment and shame and guilt and fear. It's just what we do because we're human. Human. We're doing our best all the time. Yeah. Where we are with what we have. That was true when we're kids and it's true today. 
right now. And group has helped me realize, you know, being in out of the cave with you and experiencing this has been, um, it's life-changing for me because it is helping me to sift through all of the pain. Let's be real because of the homework and the work is in the homework (laughs) and I resisted it forever too. And when I realized we were all resisting it, I was like, bingo, there's the, (laughs) there's the charmer. There's the answer right there. Everything we're resisting, face it right now, stop running. So being in group with you and all these lovely, wonderful people that you've gathered from around the world, which I also think is phenomenal. Thank you, technology. Yeah. Um, it helped me realize I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. It wasn't just about when you gave me the one sentence that if you I want you to say it, cause you say it best. If you have an, a, if you're trying to solve it as an emotional problem with a physical solution, it doesn't work. Right. You say it, say it. So everybody hears you. <laughs> And then you guys rewind this a hundred times. (laughs) I think there's two. One is you can't solve an emotional problem with a physical solution. Bingo. And the other one is if the biggest problem you have with food is that you're an emotional eater, it's not a problem that you have with food. It's a question about how you cope with your emotions. Those are the two that I completely, you, I was embracing you from that moment on. I needed to hear that. I needed to know because as we're talking now, I realized too, you know, I have interchanged food with different things. So it doesn't matter what it is. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's a matter of learning how to cope with your emotions. Boom. We're done. Good night. (laughs) See ya. Peace out. We're on a hike. I don't have time for you people anymore. That's it. That's all we need to say. That's it's that simple. It really is that simple. And my husband is a recovered alcoholic. And so I went through, he put himself in rehab in 2008 Mm -hmm. and he invested in his change. And I've watched him evolve over the past 14 or so years. And he has been on this journey with me as well and has just encouraged me to embrace all of this he calls it my rehab <laughs> I you, can you see this do you did you see that yeah. I just wrote down no, but rehab? I mean that's it right there that's it yeah it's our it's this is our version of rehab okay you said and it. yeah and yeah. it's not it's not it doesn't matter what like like I want people to understand you can do this program and have it affect you in so many different ways because it doesn't matter the vice. Right. It doesn't matter the vice. Yeah. And thank you. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That one hit me hard too, because it's true. It's, it's so true. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I wrote down while you were saying that the word rehab is because as we've talked about in group, it's like, it could be food, it could be drugs, alcohol, it could be anything else. And, and really what this group is about, and really to me, what all the work is about, whether you join the group or you do the program or not, it's all the work Mm -hmm. is about understanding that what we're really doing here, some people call this emotional sobriety, because Mm. what we're talking about is having food be food. I love that. 
not yes. having food be a drug. Correct. Bingo. And so whether whether food is a drug or food is food, the food is the same either way, right? Like yeah. that's that's not what needs to change. It's not the food that's the issue. So what right. we have to do is do the work around it because there is no abstinence and we cannot Correct. survive without food. We have to do the mental, emotional, spiritual, social work so mm-hmm. that food is food, not a drug. And it doesn't mean that food is never emotional or that food is never pleasurable. Yes. It, it includes all of those things. Absolutely. It's, it's, that's it's normal eating. Exactly. Like that's, yes. that's quote unquote normal, normal and that's, eating. that's included. Right. But there's a difference between emotional eating and eating because food is your drug. Correct. There's, there's very different. I mean, anyone, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've had some experience or maybe, you know, someone who has that is acting like an addict around food. The amount of stories that I've heard, right. Of like, I went to the gas station at three o'clock in the morning so that I could get a tub of ice cream. And then I ate the entire thing in my car. I threw the entire thing out. So no one would know the way that we behave around food in a lot of ways can be just like an addict. So the reason that I'm saying all of this is because what I'm fascinated by more recently, but in general is how human beings have this polarity. We have this duality within us, right? So one part of us gets addicted and one part of us wants recovery. Right. Right. So it's very, it's, I think, simpler in the case of alcohol. We can understand that part of us wants to keep drinking because there's pros to that. But then the other part of us wants to stop drinking because there would be pros to that too. Right. And to me, the power of just seeing that we have both of those within us, like we are the duality, both, right. yeah, the yin and, and the yang. Right. Yeah. When right. what we're speaking to is love and fear. hundred percent love and fear. And it's not going to do us any good to judge those things. We just have both parts. But the reason, again, that this matters to me so much is because the strength that it requires from a human to check themselves into rehab. Hmm. Like I could cry about this. I know. What it takes to show up for yourself. Yeah. So much that you walk yourself into rehab. And you don't run out the door. Right. Not this time. Right. And I'm so amazed by the power of the human. Yeah. Yeah. To do that, to say part of me wants to fight. Anyone knows, right? If you've ever worked through any kind of recovery, you've ever tried to change any of these addictive compulsive behaviors, you know that it takes what I consider, I refer to this in my own life, like Hulk-like strength. Yes, Hulk-like strength. To walk yourself in the door. Yep. And that's why I'm just so amazed by anyone who walks through the door of this program to do this work, because what you're doing is choosing love over fear. And that's the most difficult and also the most beautiful thing that I think we can do as human beings is align with love, align with the part of us that wants healing and recovery. Absolutely. It's just, it's incredible. So thank you for sharing that. I'm so in love with you. (laughs) 
It's very mutual. I am curious because it's like you are my unofficial hype woman. And I would want to hear about, tell me this, like, you know, because I want to, I want to go back to your story because I'm going to keep getting distracted, but let's say, you know, you're in your twenties, you're doing the diet thing. You're doing the diet, drugs, alcohol thing. Totally. And then that was my jam. This'll we'll kind of briefly speed through probably at least a decade of your life. But if you take us from where you were, drugs, alcohol, dieting, and then how, at what point, you know, what came next that you and I got connected? How did that happen? Well, how I found you was, I'm a huge podcast fan. And I was listening to my favorite murder and Georgia yeah. had recommended a, a new podcast that she had found, which was Nicole Sachs, Cure for Chronic Pain. And I had been, I was on the floor. Like Nicole says, the clients come in crawling on the floor. I'd had spine surgery. I had been hospitalized twice. I'd never had health problems with my weight ever. And then, and then the pandemic hit and my whole world exploded. And um, I was in chronic daily pain and I was trying to f- get out of it and figure it out. And I found Nicole and then I heard your podcast and I heard your voice and I connected with your voice immediately. Then you started to say that you had worked with John Gabriel, which I had been following and reading the Gabriel method since 2013. And you said the two sayings that uh, about emotional pain and, and those were life-changing for me. And then I began to cyber stalk you. I found you on Instagram and I uh, literally just followed you and found your website and I dug in deep um, because you really resonated with me and your story felt so real and raw. And then I continued to follow your IBS story and you making the connection with your chronic issues. And so for me, TMS, Nicole, and and you, Lisa, have really all intertwined mm-hmm. to where I realized the weight is part of that. Mm-hmm. It's all related for me. Yeah. Um, and then again, I just stalked you until <laughs> I made you fall in love with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then you joined this group. Yes. You made the decision. You manifested your funds. <laughs> and... <laughs> And now you're here. And so we started this group now here. in yes. September of 2021. Yes. yes. It's a 14 week program. We have been through 10 out of 12 modules. And How in the beginning, um, I was not able to be in the live class mm-hmm. versions. So I um, had, was really busy and I just had all these things. And then finally I was able to join my first live. And after that, I was like, I'm never missing another live unless it's life or death. Because the group is um, just realizing that you're not alone in all of this and that it manifests in so many different ways, drugs, alcohol, relationships, whatever, 
you know, you can stay in the dysfunction and keep beating your head on the wall. But as my husband says, once you've had enough pain, you will change. And until then you won't. Mm -hmm. So you can do this program. You can follow you. You can listen to all these wonderfully insightful people that know the science of the brain and all of that. And they can share that information with you. But we both know, unless you're ready to receive it. And you've said that to me. You said, thank you for being ready to receive it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was ready to receive it. Right. So your message was loud and clear to me. Yeah. So now that you have been through a few (laughs) months of this work. Wow. I'm so curious. Yes. Just to hear, yeah, the, the nuggets. I know that you, you know, you came to me with eagerness and passion around the world needs to hear this very important stuff. And I agree with you, but I'm curious, you know, if I, yeah, the mic, what are, Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you were really excited to talk about? Well, luckily we're touching on all of them because this encompasses everything that we're doing and and frankly, getting, getting the word out and being part of your message and, and helping people to understand that there's help out there. There's support out there. We can walk through this together and with technology, everybody, I mean, we've got people in Turkey, we've got people all over. You can be wherever in the world and have support and have people that are like-minded you may be completely different in life but you still struggle everybody is either walking toward fear or walking toward love and I feel like for myself I finally chose to walk toward love and after all these years of helping everyone else I I put on my own oxygen mask Mm. And out of the cave has been my oxygen mask. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, it's just, it can be life changing if you do the work and you allow the modules to, if you hear them, when you ask the questions, they're so important to answer so that you can get to know who you are. I didn't know who I was. All these things that I had thought, I'm air quotes, was, I was, I wasn't. And I didn't want to live that way anymore. I wanted to be authentic. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you help people walk toward love and away from fear. That's some powerful shit, homie. your words I hear you totally my words good I do I feel I feel very seen because you know why and I'll just share this you know transparently about myself that is yeah doing this work and having the story that I have it frequently gets miscommunicated and misunderstood that I am um, a poster child for the diet industry because I've lost a lot of weight and I talk about weight loss. And, and so it's just really powerful for me to receive being seen and heard in this work. That is, you know, I don't care at all what you weigh. 
I don't care at all no. what you look like. I don't no. care at all what you eat. I don't, nope. none of that stuff is what we're talking about here. Mm-mm. So it's also just really, you know, amazing for me to have the experience. And I think everyone in this group program, you know, would say the same thing. It's, it's just walking toward love. It's telling the truth. It's mm-hmm. a life of authenticity mm-hmm. and understanding that sometimes we cope with food and eating and body image and it's okay. And there are also ways out. So we don't have to do that as much, but it's just, you get it, you get it. And you always have. So I appreciate you. And I appreciate you saying that. So, yes. So I'm curious also, you touched on this a little bit before, but if you were to demonstrate, let's say some shifts that have happened for you and the way that that manifests in your everyday life are there any you know concrete examples of what is different now or what feels different now or you know anything concrete in how it shows up in your life and maybe not yet but I am curious to just hear what your thoughts are I am taking the tools that I have learned in group and applying it to my everyday life. And what I have done for myself is taken some of the tidbits of of truth that you've shared with me and I've posted them around my house. I sent you that picture of my chalkboard. And um, I've never done that before. And it's just little reminders and things that are important to me that I need to see and that you've shared with us and that have affected me. Um, that's one way I stop you for a second, please, because I think, (laughs) I think what happens when I ask a question like that is like, I can, I don't know if it's you or me, but I feel like very often I can almost sense like the nervous system be like, Oh, uh, this is like the test. It's like, how did it, is it, am I going to pass the test? Like, am I implementing things the right way? Like all that stuff, all that stuff comes up. Yeah. Right. So I, a just, a just want to like note that, that is like, if there's any of that story happening, then we can just, we can just notice that and like, great. Hi, you, you know, you want to say the right thing. It's all that like school stuff. It's totally the school stuff. Like I'm going to say the wrong thing. The message isn't going to come through. Like, yeah, totally. And, you know, as if it's your responsibility to like, get, <laughs> get it to perfect. Like, do this and spread it to everyone in the world. I know you want that. And I want that too. But no, it's, I want you right, to but it's, it's funny how we like take that on. Right. Right. That is like, I'm going to say the not perfect thing. And then not everyone in the world is going to hear this. And then I will be a failure. And then, and, the, and, 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 <laughs> right? and it's like, which is why we drink, it. eat and drug. <laughs> there it is. Right. So it's like, we can, we can notice that. Mm-hmm. And just breathe some love into that. That that's yes. fear. So let's it just meet fear with love. That is that's so valid. I love you. And it's so, so good. Okay. It's okay. And of course, of course, how could you, a human who is socialized by the education system, be asked a question like that on a recording and not have some anxiety present? Like just so valid, so human. 
Okay. So that's just number one. But the other- Yeah, I love you. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. And I love you too. The other thing that I'm thinking is, and I want everyone to hear this too, that is you're coming in, Camlin, and you're like, Lisa, I have so much that I need to share. We need to just record this podcast. And then I say, great. What are some of the specific things you want to share? I'm like, I have no clue. Put like post-its in my house. Like, and, and it's just, it's like, okay. So here's what I, I see do. how that might be so <laughs> freaking stupid. No, it's not stupid. That's not no. the right word. No, 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 no. Here's, I'm, here's why right. I'm saying It was this. the Rolodex. Like, here's why what, I'm saying what do I, right, right, right. Because Camlin, the reason that you wanted to have this conversation was because you're noticing that things are feeling really different in your life. Yeah. And right before we hit the record button, you shared with yeah. me <laughs> that your husband is noticing the way that yeah. you have a few times gone to do a thing and then caught yourself and said, we're not doing this anymore. I don't do this anymore. This is not the way that I behave anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Okay. So A, that's wow. one of our things. Okay. But the reason that I want to, you know, show all of this to everyone yeah, is because you probably would agree with me. 95% of this work is awareness. Yeah. And thank it's you. Cause you do always tell me how self-aware I see. It's, but that, that's exactly the thing is 95% of this work is observation and awareness, mm-hmm. which is why you're feeling your life shift. You're watching right. yourself behave differently. And then when I ask you, what is it? How did that happen? It's ah! so hard, right? It's so yeah. hard for the brain because the right. brain is like ABC, one, two, three, X, Y, Z, where, like, what are the Deer things? Deer in headlights. Totally. It's just looking for right. the concrete, right. tangible yes. answer because right. that's what we do. But right. the amazing thing is that your life is being becoming very different because you are waking the fuck up. That's <laughs> that's what this work totally. is. Coming so out of the true. cave is literally it's like, oh, the- I had that thought and then I had that feeling and I used to behave this way. But now that I have the awareness so to see myself and observe myself, I can notice that, oh, actually, I don't behave that way anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And the reason that you, I'm not the one doing it, you're the one doing it. The reason that your life is feeling so different is not because of all the little skills and tools. It's those things. Yeah. But you can't use those things if you don't first have awareness and observation of yourself. Right. And that, again, to be really clear, is what coming out of the cave is about. When you're in the cave, you're living on autopilot. You're doing the food, alcohol, drug thing because that's just the way you cope. This work is not about shaming and blaming you into a different paradigm. It's just about saying, if you want to stop using those things, the first thing we have to do is become aware. And when you become aware, it's a lot more accessible to align with your actions and get your actions to align with you. Right. And that's, that's all that has to happen. 
Right. We don't need shame. We don't need blame. We don't need yeah. more fear or regret or failure or shame or any of that stuff. It's not ever helpful. It's always a distraction always. because what we need to be doing is literally this is waking up is saying, oh, I had that thought. It created that feeling. And I don't want to do that behavior again. Mm-hmm. So thank you for letting me share that. You, That's that, everything. That was, that was what needed to, that was the, yeah. yeah. And that's why too, you know, I would imagine as some, as a listener that very often it's like, but what are the tangibles? Exactly. What are the tools? What's there going are, to change? What right. do you, what can you tell me? What's going <laughs> right. to happen next? What's now? Right. The external. It's yes. still looking for the external. Always. Right. You could use all the tools, meditation, journaling, breathing, body scans, yoga. Right. You can use all the tools. But if you're still using the tools as though they are going to, as an external authority, you know, if that's what it is, if that's what it's about, if that's why you're using and how you're using the tools, you're still coming from a place of fear and it, exactly. it just can't work that way. You're but awareness, right. Awareness is, is everything. Awareness is the, is the gift. And that's, that's what. It's, it's the out of the cave analogy for me is so great because that is exactly where I feel like I was. I was locked inside myself, battling just my emotions. Yeah. And I felt like I was battling myself, but now I've realized that we all are in the same boat. We all have to be human and get through this life and pain and death and breakup and Everything that you can imagine is going to happen. Parents with Alzheimer's, you're going to go through life. Yep. Because life gets lifey. Lifey. <laughs> yeah. I love you, man. Something <laughs> I can't help it. The gifts, though, that I've get, been given were were the self awareness. I guess it really. It's so funny how you can see it so clearly, and it seems so. Yeah. Um, yeah you can cut right to the to the heart of it, to the meat of it. Well, I also get that, you know, if we think about the way that this group program is structured, for example, as you've heard me say, I think of it as the first half, mostly being, how did we get here? Like, how did we end up in this situation? Actually, much like the podcast, the first couple, few episodes of the podcast. And then the second half is, how do we get out? Like, what are we going to do about this now? And so, the reason that I can see it so clearly is because A, I've designed the curriculum, so I know how that goes, <laughs> but also thinking about how the first few modules of content can be so mind-blowing yeah. because all we're doing is drawing our awareness to what is true. We're drawing right. the awareness to the mind-body connection. Right. We're drawing awareness the key. to the way that there's neurobiology behind emotional eating and we're never going to get out of this system. We're drawing awareness to the diet industry and diet culture. We're drawing awareness to the pharmaceutical and medical and food industries that are all operating behind the scenes. What we're doing for a lot of the work is becoming aware of the forces that got us here because yeah. we didn't get ourselves here. We didn't do this to ourselves. So that's why, you know, 
a few a month into the program you've gone through four modules and people are already starting to say like wow I'm noticing so much so much is different I'm not doing this anymore I'm doing a little bit more of that and we haven't even talked about how to get out yet you know all right. we're doing is unpacking and un unlearning a lot unlearning. of learning right you which are is why learning exactly yes. which is why it's very much like okay so what did you learn and it's like uh i don't know i a lot of stuff because a lot of it is that you're unlearning you're exactly. learning that what you thought was true is not true was you're not true that what your doctor told you when you were nine years old is not true you're learning that what the diet industry fed you when you were 20 was also not true you're you're learning a lot of what never worked and why. So that's why it can be very mind blowing and it can be really shifting without you even knowing exactly why. And the key is shifting. You do, it's not something that you just wake up one day and you're thin again, or you've figured out a way to cope with all of your emotions. It's deliberate, conscious, aware, effort to heal, to have a new way to figure this out. And it's, you're right. It is about awareness. You really have to realize where you're contributing and take responsibility for what you can change or fix or heal. And then unlearning the years of lies that we have been fed by all of the other sources. Yeah. And you said something really important there. That is like, I actually said, you know, we talked about this on Jeff's interview where it was the kind of theme of taking responsibility. And it's incredible because I think especially around food and eating and body diet stuff, when we talk about take responsibility, that can feel really shameful. Like a lot of the time in the past, you know, when I was a kid and someone talked to me about my, my body, my weight, and if they, if anyone suggested to me, take responsibility, I'd be like, fuck you. Right. Like, don't, whatever. Kidding? Like, don't, yeah. right. Like, worry take about responsibility, yourself. Right. And I'll it feels so, right? <laughs> it feels like an attack. It does. Because, You're right. because of the culture. Because mm-hmm. of the connotation of that, because of because of the baggage around that. But what you're saying, and this is why it's so amazing to me, when you're coming from a place of love and you know that and you feel that, and now you're talking about take responsibility, you're just telling the truth. You hear it differently. You're not, exactly. It's not an attack. It, you don't feel like it's an attack anymore. You now know that this is the only way the only way you have to take responsibility you can blame and and let everyone else's you know issues be a distraction for the rest of your life if you want yeah but the day that you step up and take responsibility everything changes that's it and that's why to me it's walking yourself into rehab yeah because you know when you when you have an addiction to something like alcohol you're the only person that can heal your relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So to say take responsibility doesn't mean shame and blame. It just it's means no one, no one else can do this for you. So if right. you want to heal your relationship with alcohol, 
you have to be the one to do it. And you walk yourself into rehab from a place of love because rehab brings you to healing and recovery. So good. It's the same. It's just the same exact thing. And so the thing that I get really passionate about is because of many of us who've had the relationship with dieting and the diet industry and all that stuff, when we say things that are factual, objectively factual, that is your healing is your responsibility. When we say that stuff around food and eating, it's, it's dripping with shame. But that's only because we've only ever heard it from a place of fear, not because it's inherently shameful. It's because the diet industry ruined that. That's so good. But the That's truth so of it, it's just the truth. That is, is truth. you know, those, those quotes that are like, if you do the same thing you've always done, you'll get the same thing you've always got, right? And if you say exactly. that around food and eating, it sounds like fat shaming. But the truth is, it's if you do the same thing that you've always done, not take responsibility for your healing, then you'll get the same thing you've always got. You'll probably still be coping with food, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is that you don't want to cope with. Absolutely. So it's just, it's being able to hear it, the truth of it, because it's coming from a place of love. That is, listen, if you want to feel different, if you want your life to be different, if you want to stop using food like a drug, it's your responsibility. And when you hear that as neutrally, objectively factual, and it's like, oh, hmm, hmm. Okay. You know, and then it feels like, great, I could do something about this. A little safer. Right. Once you start to accept that and realize that this is for the change. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. letting me get this out. No, this is you're, you're this a safe is, space it, for me too. Yeah. This <laughs> is just as much about you apparently. I I knew that. I knew that. So you, it's no, your power is in the questions. Well, no, your power is in the reaction to being able to strategically see straight through the heart of the bullshit for people too. And when we've been walking around in shame, let's be honest, shame and guilt, which I just think are two of the worst emotions are, you know, most challenging to overcome. Let me rephrase that. Um, nice. You, yeah, you just really, when you hang out there, it's not, it's not a good place. It's a dark place. And when you can learn to, to, to bring the light a little bit into the cave and you start to see the terrifying dancing shadows behind you. Mm-hmm. And then you actually walk out into the awareness, into the light. You're not so scared anymore. Yeah. And it doesn't all feel like judgment. Tell me a little bit about, you've been through, actually, I think it's nine. It's nine out of 12 modules so far. Okay. And I'm curious you know, maybe you don't have an answer to this, which is also totally fine, but I am curious some of the, the things that really have stuck with you that you've learned or that we've talked about that you just think are really important that you want people to hear. Well, one of the things that affected me so deeply as well was learning more about the ACEs study Mm. um, and understanding that trauma does have an effect on us. And I had never been able to admit what I had gone through as a child was, was abuse, you know, and neglect. And I had covered it up for so long that understanding the why of how I got to where I am today 
changed my self-awareness. It, it really helped me to realize that I didn't get here by myself. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of my guilt away. Yeah. It released me. Yeah. Um, so for me, understanding more about the ACES study, I had, you know, learned a little bit about it in the past from my therapy. And then it was just funny how it all aligns. You hear it once and twice, and then it's like all, you know, at the same time. Um, But for me to understand that and know that I'm prone to these things is helps me to have the understanding to be able to stop myself when I'm in the moment or I catch myself doing the thing. the thing, whatever, food, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. And I can actually see those changes now and see the behavior, which I can now recognize, not completely gone, but it is, it is that awareness that you're doing it. And having my husband to, to point that out to me over the past few weeks and saying, Camlin, wow, I really see this change in you you have a couple of times now stopped yourself and said, no, I'm not going to do that thing. And he knew immediately the change had begun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that is right. We talked about the ACEs study on this podcast already. And that again is just an illustration of how you learn something And just learning it, just absorbing it, just taking it in as truth changes things completely internally. Because if you're coming from a place of believing that this is all your fault and you deserve all the blame and shame and guilt and fear, and that is the energy of your internal environment is fear because you feel so ashamed always who you are how you are how you look whatever Mm -hmm. then just hearing this information can be so healing because all of a sudden you're off your own back it's so true Lisa exhale in the The system the energetic exhale of I don't have to beat myself up anymore yeah changes everything yeah huge it's so, it's so huge. Thank you for that. You have a nugget? Oh, let's see. Yeah. A nugget of change. We need, we're still working on like what this program is like changed me. Okay. So, um, or just yes. creating space for myself, Oh, creating the time mm. for the space to do the work. You, mm. you, you pick and judge. I'm going to throw a couple of nuggets out there that I have felt that I've noticed for myself. Because like in the beginning, I was so busy, so busy, so busy. And then I got to group and I sat there at the live and I was like, everybody's fucking busy, prima donna. Like, Lisa's out there changing the world. Like you're booking luxury ski vacations, like (laughs) prioritize here, little lady. So that was huge for me was really, um, you have to create the space for your healing too. You do have to do that. Um, that, so that I've had to do. Yeah. And I've, and had I, to, I've learned that from you. I just, yeah. I do really appreciate that a lot. And that is, yeah. we'll actually talk about this more next week in our group because so yeah. much of what underlies the, the emotional addiction, the compulsion, whatever it is so much of that today 
especially because, you know, my group and I would say my niche is like mostly middle-aged women and the narrative for, for women, especially in this culture Mm -hmm. is I just don't have time. I'm so busy. Exactly. I have a, I have a million things to do. The I culture the kids of and the job and the this and the that. And, and that is true. It it's is not about that not being true. It is. No, true. I was, I was. Right. That busy. <laughs> right. I really didn't. I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to fit this in. Right. But it becomes, it's, again, it's, it's the responsibility. It's just it's saying, the self-awareness of realizing yeah. that no one's going to prioritize me, but me. And I have to stop and say, this is what I need to get through my week to make me better. I feel better after doing the work. I feel a release. The elephant is off of my chest mm-hmm. because I have committed to myself and I followed through. It, you know? Yes. Yeah. And yeah you got to have the action with that it. part. Yeah. That part. That is, and again, like you and I have talked about this in our group from a inner child, inner parent perspective. But what I'm feeling when you say this is, there's so much power in this. That is, if you have a problem, if you have a problem and you know, deep down because your heart and soul and your body just know, because it's true that your problem is your responsibility. And you're not making any time or any space for you to do something about it. That creates anxiety. Yes. Constant. In the system. Whether it's conscious or not, it's chronic anxiety Mm -hmm. that there is a problem that's not being dealt with. So that's why it's so powerful. When you actually change that habit and you actually don't align with the misunderstanding that you don't have time, you actually on a really deep level are coming home to yourself. And even though, yes, it's challenging to create that time and space, the exhale that happens in your system, inside yourself, that you showed up to look at the problem that you were ignoring before. Yes. And I feel this so deeply from an inner child, inner parent perspective, because that's what we're doing. When you create time and space to, to solve your problem or even just brainstorm, like even yeah. acknowledge it, even just look at it. Mm-hmm just wants to be seen and heard. It is That's so, key. it is deep when you decide consciously, I am making space for me. Everything starts to shift internally. You want to talk about trusting yourself? Correct. That's where that begins. Show up for yourself at all. That's where it begins. It does. Preach. Yeah. And for me, I, I, you know, it's all about energy for me and the universal connection, which I love that you use the higher power um, as well in some of the teachings that you offer us, because I know for me that if I am connected with that, which is the ultimate truth for me, it's 
in that space at that moment, I am always okay. You've shared a lot, a lot of amazing things. I know we've covered a lot. I know you're processing a lot, but I am curious just to kind of wrap things up. Are there any last things that just are really kind of on your heart that you want to share about this group, about this work, about your experience? Don't think too hard. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Just feel into what you know and what you feel. I know for me, this has been life changing because of making and creating the space and telling myself that I'm worth it. And as soon as I did that, it's like an energetic expression that what you get out, you receive, what you give out, you receive back. And for me, all of a sudden space started opening up in my life for new opportunities. And I've been asked um, to do all sorts of things with my life, with my business. And so once I made that one choice, that one change to be able to commit to myself, it became a lifestyle of committing to myself. Yes. Yeah. That's so, like, it's so great to hear because this is another thing that I think a lot of people hear the term lifestyle change, right? And it's like, ugh, diets in disguise. (laughs) And I think that's, that's what people hear is that if it's a lifestyle change, then it's just someone trying to sell you a diet, but disguised. And That's another thing that we talk about in group is that this is the quote unquote lifestyle change we've been looking for and seeking because the lifestyle change is not actually about food or eating. It's not about any of those things. It's not the vices. It's not the coping. It's not any of that stuff. It's just the lifestyle change that you're showing up for yourself. The change is that you now have space in your own life, whereas before you didn't. The change is that you're taking responsibility for your healing, whereas before you weren't. The change is that you understand that you are physical and you are emotional, and you're going you're gonna to be with both of those parts of you now. That's the change, is you're just honestly and authentically telling, living, and embodying the truth. That is the change. That's out of the case. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I want to squeeze you. Camlin, is there anything else you'd like to share or add before we wrap today? You've done such an amazing job, and I so appreciate you doing a hard, scary thing. It is a hard, scary thing, but you did it. um, I know, and you're so great for, for encouraging me and just allowing me the space to do this. This is another opportunity. Um, don't be scared to start. That's what I really just want people to understand is it's so, it seems so big and scary and overwhelming and you can't do it, but you can. And all you need to do is just make one choice 
And that choice opens up the next door and then you make another choice and to where you wake up and all of a sudden you really are in control of your own life and your own destiny. And you're not giving your power away anymore. Yeah. That's all. That's Don't it. give your power away. That's everything. Wow. You know? Wow. Come get out of the cave with us. Come get out of the cave with us. <laughs> Come I lived in the cave for 48 years and I'm, I, it's cold and dark and you know, yeah. I, uh, I like the light sometimes too. And you know what? I'm okay with the cold and dark. I can cuddle up under a blanket with a nice fire mm-hmm. and it's really learning to embrace both the dark and the light. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't feel the guilt and the shame that I've been carrying with me that caused me to eat and drink and drug. Mm-hmm. It's being lifted. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful for me. So I will get my, you know, megaphone and tell everyone, you know, just try, just try to do one thing different, embrace one, one idea that Lisa shares with you or that you pick up from this. It's uh, it will change your life. It can, if you're ready to receive it. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much for your light and your heart and your authenticity and your truth. And I uh, thank you for your time and your energy and your spirit. Always such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. I love you, Gary. All right, my friend. All right. (sighs) Thank you again. All right. Have a good day. Bye, lovey. Thank you again so much for being here, for listening, and for being part of the Out of the Cave community. And on that note, I wanted to let you know that I have officially started registration and enrollment for my next group coaching program that will launch in January 2022. So if you're listening to this, if this stuff is resonating with you and you're interested in working with me directly and moving through this curriculum that you're going to hear more about, please feel free to email me or go to the website out of the cave.health where you can fill out an application and we can get working together in the new year. And if you have any questions at all about my group program, if you want to talk to me more one-on-one about the 14-week program coming out in January, please just email me lisa at lisaschlossberg.com. All right. Have a great week. I love you. Goodbye.